0: this is a warning. This podcast is not suitable to be listened to around kids and probably not even out loud at the office. We cuss a lot, we drink during the recording, and we touch on some very adult subjects. We recommend listening when the kids aren't around or when you have headphones. Thanks guys. Bye. This is Jen and this is the Let's Chat Paranormal Podcast. I'm here with Eric and Jesse. Say hi, guys.
1: What's going on? How's it going? This, this feels like deja vu. Oh, and man. And it's because I fucked up. It's because I fucked up. We
0: were only like five minutes into recording. <laughs> we're okay. <laughs> All right, guys. We are here for episode... Was it 72 or 73? 73. 73. We're here for the big 73.
2: <laughs> we're getting up there. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Oh, I can and, yeah. it in my back.
0: Oh, wait. Get your uh, little button ready. Okay. We're going to be here to talk about cursed films.
2: Whoa.
1: It was a little bit of a delay. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I got to work on it. (laughs) Spooky. It sets the mood. Yeah,
0: there we go. All right. Um, Okay, so you can... just our usual stuff. So you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. Both of those are Let's Chat Paranormal. You can send in your stories to be read at Let's Chat Paranormal at gmail.com. Uh, make sure to give us a good uh, rating and <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, give yeah. us a good rating. Share with your friends and yeah. family that are into it. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and wherever else you guys are listening because I don't know where that 50% other is coming from, <laughs> but you guys are. Listening apparently.
1: Yeah, and uh uh, uh back be rooms, baby. Huh? Oh yeah, back backrooms. Yeah. That's oh, where we get the oh, show yeah. from the <laughs> backroom. <laughs> <laughs> and, and be patient with me, guys. I'm still learning like the ins and outs of this new mixer. The but... new mixer
0: is super cool. Like you could literally, it, it's like I posted a picture. Go to our Instagram. Let's chat paranormal. It's super yeah. cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it, it has so many bells and whistles that I'm still trying to learn. Know. <laughs> to to uh, get us to to the back to the quality that we were at.
0: It, it, we're good. We're good. All right. So. Um, the, the <laughs> There's two major shows that you can find us at. Uh, We're going to be set up at the Kings of Horror. The uh, show that's going to be June 25th and 26th at the Rockbox. It's going to feature John Kassir there. He was the voice actor for the Crypt Keeper. I know a lot of our fans probably love him.
2: I hope that. Whenever he goes to use the restroom, he just starts cackling and oh stall. God. <laughs> that would be awesome! Oh <laughs> well, my god! Like you're taking a leak, and he's like in there, and he's like. ah.
0: <laughs> Anyways, I the just next... want
2: to throw that into the universe. He, oh god! If if we're gonna like, manifest if this. If he happens yes. to stumble, and he's like, "We'll yes. start doing that now." Are we just gonna get like
0: get him loaded on ten dollar Lone Stars?
2: <laughs> Something, man.
0: <laughs> All right, and then the other show that we're gonna be at is this. It's gonna be uh, the. Sun of Santa Carla, uh, that's going to be August 20th and 21st. Uh, that's going to be Corey Feldman and Jameson Newlander. They're going to be, or well, they're the Frog Brothers from The Lost Boys. So if you guys are into that and are in San Antonio,
2: I recommend <laughs> I like how she's like, if you're into that. <laughs> I yeah, recommend
0: I mean, you go. I'm sure there's quite a few listeners that uh, are kind of, you know, in the 2000s. They aren't us 80s born wow, people. Wow,
1: wow. What? Wait, you you're born like in eighty nine, weren't you?
0: Eighty eight.
1: I was born in eighty five and you know
0: It's okay. I technically
1: was... I, I you're you're nineties, baby.
0: Yeah, I'm fine with that. But you know what?
1: <laughs> Some people
0: were born in the two thousands and they're all obsessed with the the nineties and the eighties right now. So if you guys are into that, you know, just go pop in over there. It's gonna be a good time. Anywho's um Creepy updates. I know, uh, Eric, you were saying that you didn't have one and nope, Jesse nope. does have one. It. So uh, why don't you tell us, Jesse, about it?
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, I guess the lesser one to me was uh, as I was researching the film that I'm doing. Uh, I knew about it. I didn't really give too much, you know, mind to it when it first popped out. I didn't know the uh, atmosphere that it had been brought up or the background to it all right yeah um i didn't give it too much stock like i was saying about the the film up until i guess i heard a couple more things as doing research because originally i was going to cover uh rebel without a cause
1: yeah yeah you're telling me yeah just
2: because you know the the whole ambiance of it and how it carried across you know through time yeah, yeah. james dean of course and it's fucking amazing um <laughs> but then the more I heard about the film that I'm going to cover, the more I was like,
1: holy shit.
2: Yeah. And then I became interested enough to actually watch the film. And five minutes into it, uh, my w- work van just stopped working. <laughs> just in, Yeah, you said, like, just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, or just, uh, just, just out of nowhere. Yeah, just literally, like... damn man. Not even, like, a... It just literally was, like, Yeah. And I was like, uh... Okay, y-
1: you know it's funny you say that because now that I think about it, I did have something spooky happen to me. The, oh, okay. but the audio yeah.
2: kept running. Okay, so okay. like the battery was dead, but I was still listening through the speakers. Yeah, yeah, and it turned into a whole big thing. Whatever.
0: Or, well, your text message that you sent said apparently the solenoid that runs the electrical portion yeah
2: something like that i i'm I'm not too sure with it but that's kind of what they were explaining i don't want to get too technical with it okay uh it was able to get going i got back on the road and that's pretty much it like i said i didn't really give too much to it It it's like it the ambience was with it but not something where i can go oh shit but it was kind of weird yeah 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 i understand I guess the weirdest part was, um, I had made a protection thing for the house just because secondary, some shit seemed really weird and off.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: And, um, it's in the yard and it's like pretty important and... I, it was a dream, of course, but in the dream, all the equipment and tools that I had used to make it mm-hmm, were mm-hmm. perfectly laid out on this table. When I got up, like okay. I came up to unbrush my teeth, I came up, they were all neatly placed on the table, and there was a guy sitting, more gen sitting, Okay. and he was like, you're good.
0: Oh, okay. And I was like, okay.
2: I'm not going to go into detail with the person, guy, look like, whatever, because it's kind of weird. But I was like, and I went I got the knife and I, I kind of ran my finger through it and I was like, this is real. I was like, I feel the you know, the the edge. The edge. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, why wouldn't it be real? And I was like, well, what are you doing in my house? Yeah. And at that instant, uh, Sal headbutts me in my face. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I wake up. And I was like, okay. And I, I wouldn't remember it till like one in the afternoon. Right, right. Because the, the smell or the, the, the flowery fragrance of the guy hit me as okay. I was doing something. And I was like, strange. Oh. I was like, yeah, I had this dream. I was like,
1: huh. And I was like, huh. hmm. Tools. Interesting. You know, I have that dream dictionary. Oh really? Yeah, I have a dream dictionary, and I actually kind of be curious about tools because that seems like a focal point in there.
2: Well, the stuff I guess by tools is the stuff that I used for it. Yeah. So it, not to sound cheesy, but I actually had to go rewatch Prince of Darkness because of that uh, dream because the (laughs) the the recording sequence of the dream. I don't know if you remember it, Mm -mm. where it's like everybody has the same dream of the church front and the shadowy okay. figure coming out. Okay. Okay. And it's like, we can't reach your subconscious. Uh, this is a recording from the few, no, we can't reach your conscious mind due to the lacks of our technology. Okay. Uh, but we can get to your subconscious. This is not a dream. It is a pre-recording to warn you of what's going to happen. Oh my like, like it's someone's like point of view and they're going to the church and it opens up and there's like this weird unhumanly figure just coming through the Okay. Church Doors. That you well, you the don't the remember? Book? No, man, I don't remember John that Carpenter's at all. Uh, Prince of Darkness? <laughs> no, I don't remember that at all. I don't no.
0: think I've ever seen it.
2: I have tried to make you watch it time <laughs> and time again. It must be
0: one of those movies that I'm just... As soon as it starts, I'm off
2: <laughs> I don't know why, because as far as like in a cult, uh, satanic type of movie, it is like... I am 30-something years old, and uh, I watched, and I was like,
0: It was Jesse's birthday, by the way.
2: Yes, yes. And I was like, fuck. I was like, this thing still creeps me the fuck out. Yes. I was like, I was really in shock on how much it fucking rattles me, even up to this day.
0: Oh, like hereditary is for me.
1: You know, I I forgot again. Another missed opportunity. I was going to put... uh, Los mananitas on on here and play it for oh Jesse. for Jesse. Oh.
0: Don't worry, I know the words.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> Everybody's
2: anxiously <here> waiting, man.
0: <laughs> no, I I I know like the first verse because uh, Lita made me sing it to her oh, one year. <laughs>
2: okay. Um,
0: anyways, was but, uh, was that it? Yeah, that's
2: it. That's pretty much it.
0: Okay, I have a creepy update that happened earlier today.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: So I. So this morning I went and I got tattooed, and then instead of going to go pick up Jess, uh, Jesse and Sal from his sister's house, I came home to finish my notes. And so, uh, spoiler, I'm I'm gonna be talking about The Exorcist today. So while I'm doing my notes on The Exorcist, it's just me and Lola. It's quiet in the house, and like I'm hearing weird rustling, and I'm just like, you know what? It's whatever rodent is or rodents are in the attic it doesn't matter well I I heard the click of a door and I don't know if it was Sal's or the bathroom or the closet but I heard the click of a door like it was gonna open or like if it had opened and when I got up to check it like none of the doors were open though and I was like well, oh yeah, and I was like, "That's very strange because, like I said, it was just me and Lola. I didn't have music on or a TV on, or, like as background background noise. It was just me and her. And, right, right. And I heard this click, and so it was very distinct. You know, like once you live in a house for a while, you you're familiar with the sounds that it produces, and so that's one of them. And I had all of the doors closed. Like it's not like. Uh, like you're opening one door and then like, like the, the air pressure yeah. in the
1: house is making the other door close and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So that so it couldn't have been that. And then um, at after I was done with my notes, I did leave to go pick up Sal from Jesse's sister's house and I brought him back. And on the way home, I, I stopped and I got him a happy meal. And so when we got home, I was like, all right, dude, here's your happy meal. And he was sitting where you're sitting right now. Okay. And so as you can see, uh, for, or well, our viewers can't see, but, uh, to like the right of me, just maybe a, a two or three feet away to from, from me is a TV that we have that has a like closed circuit TV to the outside. It just has like our front door and a bit of the driveway and some of the street that
1: you can see. Yeah. It's like a live feed of, of the exactly. outside. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: So, um, it me and Sal were the only ones in here with Lola and me and uh, he's eating and I'm talking to him. And like I look over, I glance over my shoulder to the right to look at the TV and like I'm literally just looking because Lola started barking. And Lola barks at anything. Lola will bark at a leaf. Well,
2: <laughs> okay, okay. I look
0: to my right and I glimpse the TV out of my peripheral and I see... Like, the form of a man.
1: Ooh. And he's no. doing this.
0: Like, you know, like the Peter Pan, like when he's... Uh, Hands on his hips. Hands in his on hips. his hips, He's yeah. got his legs spread, and he's just like this. Like, okay. like if he's standing straight. And, like, you know, I I literally... I only glanced, and then I, like, glanced back at Sal, and then I was like, what the fuck did I just see? And there's nobody right. there.
1: Oh shit.
0: And so I was just like, that was very weird. And I was all... I'm not going to worry about it because, like, <laughs> I it, it didn't feel malicious or anything like yeah, that. It was just it, it odd. Was just
1: a, yeah, it was a strange uh, image. And, right? Yeah. Now
2: that you say that, that's weird.
1: Remember when Sal came running out of the bedroom that I was telling you?
0: Oh, yeah. Sal's been having very strange dreams also lately. So, hmm.
1: Really? Curious. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Well, that was my uh, creepy update. That's it.
1: Okay, well, uh, you know, strangely enough, I actually do remember some, but again, uh, like I've like uh, all of our listeners know, uh, probably by now, uh, I, I kind of pay these things no mind because I'm more of a skeptic, right? I'm more on the, the opposite side of the spectrum in terms of believers, not saying that I don't want to believe or I, that I don't believe people's experiences. I just, you know, it's just my nature to explain things. Mm-hmm. So today... In the morning, while I was actually uh, perfecting my notes, right, uh, finally tuning them and stuff, I heard what sounded like pans being banged together in our living room, hmm. right? And uh, it was so prominent that I even asked Eva in the room, like, hey, what was that? Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. Because not only did I hear those pans banging, but I also heard someone say, hey, Logan, oh right and it was very prominent and that's why i I said i I went and asked eva because i I maybe i thought it was her right Mm -hmm. i i I thought maybe it was her or maybe she knew one of the boys was telling logan to go back to bed or whatever it may be right Mm -hmm. she said no she didn't hear anything uh so you know i just went about my day because uh, again like i was like hmm I don't know, mm-hmm. right? So actually the last thing that was uh strange, I'll just say strange. But me and Eva were eating dinner at the dinner table, right? And you know how there's a TV in there. We were yeah. actually starting the first episode of Stranger Things.
0: Oh, God. For the new season. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> While we have dinner. And um, so we're sitting there. And we we leave the garage door, or the door that leads into the garage, open so that the cat can get in there and use uh, the, the litter box. Mm-hmm. Well, that door closed on its own hmm. right in front of Eva. And even Eva looked at me and was like i don't know she was like ah i'm out of here yeah she, she was just like I, I don't know i don't know what that was but yeah that was yeah, that were, that, those
0: were the two things that happened to me that's very strange and a little worrisome that they uh are calling for logan
1: <laughs> oh you know what uh something has returned to his closet oh no Something has returned to his closet and is now taking toys away from him and telling him that he can't have them. Oh, shit. So, yeah, he actually, just recently, he started telling us that the person in the closet is saying that he can't have his toys because he's not a good boy.
0: <gasps> oh, wow. Yeah,
1: so uh, there's that also. Dang. I totally forgot about that.
0: That's creepy. Yeah,
1: that's so weird, man. Just because it's only
2: till recently where I changed, like, the whole protection of the house that's fucking crazy then everybody's thrown out of whack (laughs) yeah i didn't think it would have that big of an effect
1: oh i don't know i have no idea sal
0: is talking about uh somebody like chasing him or something in
1: his dreams yeah oh shit yeah (laughs) it's been two or
0: three times that he's talked about it no 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 yeah but, um, okay, I think those are, our, our, our creepy updates are wrapped up for now, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay, one more time. Give us what the title of our episode is.
0: Cursed Films. Yeah. That was a good one. It's too bad that we don't have this recording on film because I made the dumbest face. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but uh yeah all right so we're ready to go Mm -hmm. yeah everybody get your drinks and pop them open sit back and
0: and just you know we have koozies and they would look better with our koozies okay bye
2: i thought you said we had a floozies i was like what we do
1: where are these (laughs) What can they have drinks while they listen to the episode
0: anyways all right sit back and relax guys
2: All right, well, so you how know, so, uh, mine is the the baby of the the three films, <laughs> the youngin. Um, I'm going to be pretty sure that when I talk about this film, a good 98% of the people are going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a film, it's called Return to Babylon. It's about an hour and 15 Ooh. minutes long. The director and creator, mastermind behind all this is Alex Monte Calawati.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Um, And he creates a 1920s-style film that is not a horror film. Okay. So it is a 1920s silent era film that he recreates. It is kind of a return to an an original film in the 1920s called Rise to Babylon okay which is uh it tackles all of the silent film era scandals ooh um Clara Bow, Lupe Velez, Fatty Artbuckle, all the main prominent ho- basically Hollywood royalty all those houses that you see on uh american horror story about old hollywood any old curse uh uh what is it bobby, Valen- oh, not bobby valentino uh fuck i forgot it's it's valentino his cursed ring was what i was gonna cover in cursed objects okay and it's funny that i ran across this but anyways so yeah it's it's uh he's gonna cover all those scandals not right, so right. much horror Um, And the way this came across is, per word of him, is he is going down L.A., Hollywood, just chilling, and he comes across a sealed bag of old, black and white, unused, untouched film, Mm -hmm. as he had been talking about. I want to make him, you know, a 1920s film, black and white. Right. And it just so happened that he manifested this film to make it with. So as soon as he deco- discovers the film and it's all literally unused, still factory sealed.
1: Oh, shit. Okay. Black
2: and white celluloid. He's like, perfect. Now we can make the movie. <laughs> So he starts covering all the people he is able to get, I'm sure a lot of you all know, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Maria Conchita Alonso, and a bunch of other well-known actors to join in. So it's it's not a big cast. I think it's maybe like 12 people. Okay. There's no special effects at all. None. No special effects. It's just makeup and the black and white film. Okay. Because they're covering scandals. It's a little silly. They're doing dialogue. But as they're filming, they're filming in the old Hollywood mansions, you know, where the people actually lived. Everybody's in consensus. This feels a little fucking weird. Okay. And he's like, yeah, it really does. Um, Maybe it's just the place because some of these places are rumored to be haunted. And they are covering the people that have deceased because of these hauntings. Okay. Okay. Nonetheless, they carry on couple of weird incidences um it's on record that Jennifer Tilly said the way she was touched throughout the film was very weird Ooh. so she was being touched throughout the whole filming of this process lucky ghost
0: what like f- Physically touched. Yes. That's weird. Okay.
1: Okay. Like, so l- l- let me be uh, a little more detailed. Was this in any way in a sexual manner? And she, this isn't joking. She
2: doesn't go into it as far okay. as I've researched just because I'm. she was really unsettled by it. Okay. Okay. Um, That if she did, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't disclose it just right, because it was right. so weird. Yeah. Um, Because she She has the character of Clara Bow, which was very salacious at the time she was very big in the tabloids back then and uh if you guys do decide to watch you guys will see and you know it's funny but it's weird so that happens a lot of weird incidences um malfunctions but all in all they wrap out the film they feel amazing about it Hey, it's just a black-and-white film from the 1920s, no horror, just that 1920s recreation, but now. Right, right. So, as uh, Kalawadi goes back to edit this film, he starts freaking out. Okay. Because in the film, all of the actors' faces start to morph. Hmm. Okay, And you'll see it people will get elongated arms as the movie is going so it'll go like this and you'll see the actress's hand be this long in the reel oh shit okay. where you're like that is freakishly too long for like the, yeah the, yeah uh, certain instances where they turn and as they turn the face is completely
1: unrecognizable so, like, it's a completely different face. Yes. A completely different image. Person. Wow. Okay. And then
2: there's instances where they have these women that are flapper style, and they'll turn around, and they'll be completely bearded men. What the shit? Okay. okay. Um, <laughs> right. There's this one scene where there's a ballroom dance, and the actress goes to hug a person from the back. Yeah. And she looks like a fucking dead person hugging her. It is oh, completely, no. totally fucking surreal. Yeah because uh, there's no effects there's nothing and uh, he said that as he was editing it he was starting to freak the fuck out because yeah. he was like what the hell is going on like I didn't do like there's no effects to it it was just literally like a wham bam yeah 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 and um, so he he's like hey there's something wrong with the film and he starts to say hey well uh, it's not meant to be a scary movie but it's a lot of weird shit going on. <laughs> so as people watch it, they go, oh, yeah, that's fucking weird. Yeah, like, I see yeah. it. I see it. I see the stills. Yes, 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 it is. People start calling bullshit. Oh, immediately. no. Okay. They're like, dude, come on now. Like, this is just, it's too coincidental that during 1920s, people that are dead at haunted locations, and then yeah. your, <laughs> your, your film is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> They go, that's special effects. So they're harping this dude. They're basically running him through the ringer. He is like, you know what? I have nothing to hide. Send it off to Berkeley. Uh, Film experts, if it's been tampered with, you let me know. And I'll go on record. These experts take it. Run it under a microscope. They go, well, shit. None of this has been edited. This Mm -hmm. is literally straight up the film this would have cost too much money for the morphine in the film for you to do. And like the actors and actresses have gone on record to go like, yeah, we didn't do anything fucking weird. Basically. Yeah. They were like, yeah, this dude didn't change shit. So they essentially were like, fuck you. We're not going to believe this. And they kind of swept it under the rug. And, (laughs) uh, Now it's been kind of listed as that weird horror film that has weird ambience when you watch it, but it's underground. Like, if if any of y'all have heard about it or seen it, and you've seen the stills, uh, especially the running part where all the, uh, basically the Hollywood orgies happening. Okay. And the women are coming across the hallway and her face morphs as she jumps. What the fuck? Yeah, it's... Uh, super weird um the fatty art incidences um it's just it's really surreal because it's black and white there's no audio it's just the old <laughs> you know,
0: like... oh, well, he was watching it as, he was watching it with me for a little while and i was like wow this is they're really going back there huh
2: <laughs> yeah and i was just like the instances of it and i was like holy shit like this is really weird because you can tell that the intent wasn't to make a horror film it's just a recreation of a 1920s style but it like morphed into this and like you can (laughs) see it like just as like the features of the people uh the lighting how it fucking goes and it's just like very unsettling for someone who knows exactly how horror films have a formula to make you uneasy this doesn't Hmm. follow that formula yeah there's no jump scares yeah there's no jump scares (laughs) it's just kind of like you're watching something like okay yeah this is a 1920s film and then you're watching a normal uh so you remember uh goodfellas okay okay uh his girlfriend that does the coke okay that like is this like a second chick?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. She's in that film. Man, that's a good match with Jennifer. They both have that pin-up yeah, style. So she girl has that look. style. Yeah. And like, yeah. Dude, you know, you you know her face. Yeah. You know yeah. her face. She's so, out in space cowboy or space truckers. Yeah. So she, you know her face. Her yeah. face
2: is there. All of a sudden, just by a single turn, long witch nose. What the with fuck? like completely altered facial features. Yeah. 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 So, under extreme scrutiny, he actually, like, went through a lot based on it. Like, he got put through the ringer. The dude wasn't even trying to do a horror movie. He was just like, hey, I did a movie. It's fucked up. It's an actual haunted film. And just the fact that the guy goes, I didn't even purchase this film. I found it. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it manifested itself. Um. And just a, uh, uh, another run through, like I said, it's Carabaul, Lupe Vales, Fatty Art Buckle. I mean, I think they even cover a little bit of Valentino. Just a quick run through. Haunted Ring killed almost everybody uh, that it's ever came into contact. The last known person to run into it was a bank robber that robbed the bank that the, <laughs> that the ring was vaulted in so no one could possess it
1: unfortunate bastard.
2: Yes, so immediately after they robbed it, it, almost all his gang was shot. And when he was on trial under oh, under, you know, testimony, he said if I would have known what was in there, I would have robbed another bank.
1: Oh shit. Dang.
2: Yeah. So uh it's disappeared, but it's still out there. Yeah. Um it's killed people in a matter of like days, of running over uh, car accidents, is, uh you name it, if you're curious about it, uh, look it up. Old Hollywood. Um, really fucking creepy. A lot of debauchery.
1: Debauchery? Okay. Yeah, like, Ooh, uh, yeah.
2: Just, you know, orgasms orgies and orgies. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah again, yeah. we don't do uh, true crime. Nobody knows uh, Fatty Arbuckle. He was, um, how can I put it to you? Chris Farley comedy but with the the popularity of like who would you say is the the most popular actor right now the rock is the my- rock that kind of fandom we're like okay okay anything- the
0: rock or dwayne johnson there's two of them
2: yeah, there is two of them <laughs> a lot of women people. are like a lot of women are like i wish there was two of them <laughs> you're dreaming big for us jen i know geez. we appreciate you you're um, welcome <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, he did something very heinous that was put on him. The, he was found not guilty, but his career was completely destroyed by it. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah.
2: Um, yeah. What um, Hollywood. Return to Babylon. Alex Monty Kalawati. If you're interested, it's got Jennifer Tilly. She's running around in 1920s attire. Yes. Yeah. Being like. Yes.
0: Oh, am I on? Yeah. yeah. Hello? I can't hear <laughs> <care> myself. <laughs> Anyways, I appreciate anything with Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, either.
2: you know, yeah. it's oh, just God. The, the, the makeup and the aesthetic of it is true to the thing. It's just really fucking weird.
0: Anyways, okay, <laughs> I'm talking about the exorcist, guys.
2: Oh, okay. Right. Oh, nice. For
0: our uh, cursed... Can y'all hear me okay? Because I feel like I'm going in and out. It's
2: the yeah, curse of uh, Salma Hayek Toes, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. Damn it, Salma Hayek Toes. That was like a real struggle for you.
2: <laughs> you got to be gentle with the toes in your wine.
0: Jesus Christ. Anyways. <laughs> all right. I'm going to start. On December 26th, 1976, the movie The Exorcist was released to 24 theaters in the U.S. and Canada. The movie was based off of a book by William Peter Blady, who also happened to write the screenplay and directed by William Friedkin. And I just want to say that's just so uh, rare, I think, when they write the actual screenplay, like the actual authors of the book.
1: Okay, okay.
0: But anyways, uh, back to William Friedkin. Uh, In his lifetime, he was known for directing many other movies like To Live and Die in L.A., Rules of Engagement, The Hunted, an episode from the Alfred Hitchcock Hour, The Twilight Zone, Tales from the Crypt, and even two CSI episodes.
2: Damn. I know,
0: he had a very long career. The movie (laughs) was met with mixed reviews. And though it was a small theatrical release, people couldn't get enough of it. People reportedly would see this movie multiple times and were willing to wait in harsh winter weather conditions. People were also taking their children to oh, see this God. movie, even though it was rated R. Uh The ratings board at the time felt it deserved to be rated X. I kind of agree. (laughs) Um, While watching the film, people had, I'll say reactions. (laughs) Uh, Some of the more extreme included heart attacks and a miscarriage. What
1: the shit? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's fucking wild. Um, It was also reported that one audience member fainted Broke their draw and sued Warner Brothers, and one article even said that like they settled out of court. So that's oh, a bit wild. Interesting,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So many people don't know this about The Exorcist, but the book was inspired by a real life case of demonic possession in 1949 of a 14 year old boy, boy, <laughs> a, a, boar? Boar. <laughs> a boy, um, a <laughs> boy. So there are three names that are attached to this case. Uh, They're all supposed to be the same person. Roland Doe, Robbie Mannheim, or Ronald Edwin Hunkler. But I'm going to go with Roland Doe just because that's the, the common one. So Roland was an only child. He had no siblings to play with. Instead, he was entertained by his Aunt Harriet, who was a spiritualist. (laughs) If you don't know, but at the time, spiritualism was big business. Mm -hmm. And the Ouija board was a popular item. So Aunt Harriet dies and the family begins to experience strange noises, furniture moving on its own, and objects flying or levitating.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Only when Roland is nearby. So, burn
2: it with fire! <laughs> Damn it, Roland!
0: Roland's parents Ooh. contacted their Lutheran pastor, Luther Miles schultz who happened to That's have a an-
2: coincidence. Lutheran, Lutheran, <laughs> boy uh, on fire! <laughs>
0: He happened to have an interest in parapsychology already uh, and asked him to stay. uh, He asked Roland to stay overnight at his own house. Schultz claimed that he witnessed objects and furniture moving around only around Roland as well and recommended that his parents reach out to a Catholic priest. Once in contact with the Catholic Church, Roland undergoes many exorcisms. One notable experience happened at Georgetown University Hospital, where during the exorcism, Roland broke free from his restraints, managed to break a bedspring, and used it oh, to yeah. slash at the priest, cutting his arm and forcing the exorcism to stop early.
1: Yes, and I believe it was described from, like, elbow to wrist that he had cut his arm. Jesus. Mm-hmm.
0: From there, the family took Roland to St. Louis, where a cousin contacted a professor slash bishop at St. Louis University. I'm saying that with a question mark just because it wasn't very clear, Um, who in turn contacted William Bowden of College Church. Together, they made a trip to visit Roland, where they both claimed to also have seen a bed shake, objects that flew, and Roland speaking in a guttural voice. Roland was also showing an aversion to sacred items, similar to Clara Germana Seeley from our Spooky Kids episode. Mm. There was a final exorcism that was performed where words like evil and hell and other strange marks appeared on Roland's body. The mattress of the bed was said to have shaken during this exorcism as well. After this exorcism, it is said that Roland moved on to lead an ordinary life
1: very nice
0: yeah so that's the that's the cliff notes version of the case that inspired the book uh so now i'm just gonna read a quick synopsis verbatim for the movie from the warner brothers website for anyone that has never seen the movie uh i'm just gonna say it's literally the scariest movie i've ever seen and i it, i don't watch this as often as i do to other scary movies seen
2: prince of darkness on dare you <laughs> Some respect on John Carpenter's.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. When a charming 12-year-old girl takes on the characteristics and voices of others, doctors say there is nothing they can do. As people begin to die, the girl's mother realizes her daughter has been possessed by the devil. And that her daughter's only possible hope lies with two priests and the ancient rite of demonic exorcism. So... Again, that's just the synopsis. So we're just going to go right into the actual curse of the movie. There are nine reported deaths associated with this film. The first being Jack McGowran, who played Burke Dennings in the movie, died from influenza shortly after completing work. Uh, this was even, I believe, before the movie was released. Uh I can't pronounce (laughs) this correctly. I'm very sorry. Uh, I I believe it's Vashliki Maliados who played Father Damien Kuras's mother. She passed away from natural causes while the movie was still in production. Actors Linda Blair and Max von Sydow both lost family members. I believe Linda Blair lost uh, her grandfather and uh, Sydow... Oh my gosh, I can't remember what family member it was. It wasn't very clear because there was only one... uh, article that said specifically right one crew member's wife gave birth and their child was unfortunately stillborn
1: oh no i know
0: a man who refrigerated the set passed away a building janitor was shot and killed and an actor on the set murdered a journalist not a death, but a scary coincidence. The son of Jason Miller, who played Father Caras, was involved in a near fatal motorcycle accident while oh, filming. Oh
1: yes, that's right.
0: And um, I know that's not all nine people that uh, that they mentioned in like all of the articles, but it. Uh, They didn't go into each person, but it it was pretty much basically just people associated with the film, uh, actors, and just people working on the set. Right, right, right. So, the set of the movie burned down in a freak accident in 1962 after a bird flew into a circuit box. Oh, that's right. I
1: remember that. Yeah,
0: so everything was destroyed. Except for the bedroom where the exorcism would actually be filmed. So that's just (laughs) fucking wild. Two actresses on set reported to suffer back and spinal injuries while filming. The first actress was Ellen Burstein, who played Reagan's mom in the movie. She suffered a spinal injury while being hoisted around in a harness. She Mm -hmm. even told the director that they were pulling me too hard. But his response was, well it has to look real after that <laughs> yeah i know after that she said that when filming they smashed her to the floor and oh yeah she was screaming at the top of her lungs turn the fucking camera off yeah i don't blame her
1: and that that injury right there is ultimately what led to her lifelong pain yeah uh is that is that back injury right there yeah
0: Uh, After that she had to use crutches for the remaining time of the production. The second actress was star Linda Blair, who said that the set had poor rigging and that she believed it would contribute to her developing scoliosis. During filming, she fractured her lower spine, and says that the actual footage of her injury was included in the movie. Yeah. She would later suffer more injuries on other film sets that would have her like falling and basically just hurting her back all over again.
1: Yeah, this was a different time. Yeah. This was a very different time.
0: Uh, When the movie was eventually screened in Rome, the theater was located between two churches. During the screening, a loud thump was heard. During that time, a bolt of lightning struck a cross <gasps> oh, while it rained. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and so the last one, um, just a little shocking. Wait, wait, wait. What?
1: With a little more detail on that cross, uh-huh. the strange thing about that cross is that that cross had been there for well over four hundred years, mm. and it's coincidentally that during that filming, that is struck by lightning and it falls
0: sounds a bit suspicious.
1: Yep, yep, <laughs> yep.
0: All right, so my last one, uh, it's a little gruesome. It was reported that on set a carpenter lost his thumb. Oh yeah, that's right. while working on props and a lighting technician lost a toe. I don't know how, but that <laughs> was just, just say, <laughs> Salma
2: almost lost a toe too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow i didn't even think of coming.
2: that i saw
1: Please it coming. i didn't do you set him up and jesse <laughs> knocks him down sweet
2: jesus
0: all right i'm done
1: okay so it's it's my turn
0: all right i'm right? ready to listen
1: so i covered the movie that set the stage for years to come right the one that kicked off the satanic panic and what Eventually, ultimately led to uh, the tragedy that is the West Memphis Three.
0: Oh, no. Okay.
1: I, I'm not saying it directly correlated with it, but it 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 uh, struck up the events that led to that. Okay. Okay. I'm covering The Curse of Rosemary's Baby.
0: All right. I've only seen that movie once, so this yes. is going to be a refresher.
1: So, just like you, I'd like to actually read a synopsis of... Rosemary's Baby. Okay. A young woman comes to believe that her offspring is not of this world. Waifish Rosemary Woodhouse and her struggling actor husband Guy move to a New York City apartment building with an ominous reputation and odd neighbors, Roman and Minnie Castovet. When Rosemary becomes pregnant, she becomes increasingly isolated and the diabolical truth is revealed. Only after Rosemary gives birth. So if that doesn't give you an idea of uh, foreshadow, you know, a little bit of foreshadowing on the film, mm-hmm. we can get into it. And this one requires just a little bit of uh, backstory, just a little bit of a of, of buildup. OK, mm-hmm. so let's get into Rosemary's Baby and the curse that precedes it. Okay. Like many creative works of perfection, we begin our story with a struggling writer, a New York apartment and his pregnant wife. It's 1965 and Ira Levin is struggling to come up with his with inspiration for a new title. The stresses of life and a new baby were coming down on him. But just then, like a strike of lightning, he's hit with an epiphany. It was right in front of him. Take uh, the everyday, common worries and anxiety-filled idea of having chi- uh, a child and uh, couple that with the idea that maybe it's not the return of Jesus Christ. Maybe that child is the spawn of hell itself, Lucifer. The timing was perfect, after all. June 1966 was right around the corner, marking the end of days in the book of Revelation 666, the number of the beast. Okay. Religious counterculture was also making its presence known, with the Church of Satan being speculated to be established soon.
2: That's on the week. That's on the Yep. Yeah. yeah. Get it, boy.
1: Vanity Fair, right before it's released. And this is the book, right before its release, even published a piece with the title cover reading, Is God Dead?
0: Jesus Christ. Levin
1: wrote the book alongside him and his wife's journey through their pregnancy, taking notes along the way. He noted that he never once allowed her to read the manuscript, though. He knew this creation was blasphemous and feared the backlash. The fears, though, were unwarranted as the book released to mountains of praise and adulation, immediately being declared a work of perfection, being considered one of the best works of horror ever being crafted. Truman Capote likened Levin to Henry James. Four million copies sold within a short run. Dang, Levin had made it. Fast forward a year and the success of his creation goes on to take the form of a film that is to be directed by Roman Polanski. Now like I mentioned to you earlier, mm-hmm. uh, we've said many times that we are not a true crime or crime podcast, so I won't be getting into the disgusting details of Polanski's actions. But I think it's safe to say that he is a disgusting individual, okay? Mm-hmm. So moving on. Most would almost certainly agree that the the stars, the stars and the planets must have aligned while Levin was writing Rosemary's Baby because it said that it was made to be adapted. The way he, the style that he wrote the book was almost script-like and translated well to screen. And that's exactly what the movie is. It's almost page for page, exactly like the book. After its release, more adulation and praise are tributed. And I want to use tributed in quotations. Okay. Right? Like a tribute, a sacrifice, or uh, an offering. Yeah. Right? To the creation that is Rosemary's Baby. These are just some of the reviews and praise. Roger Ebert wrote, Polanski outdoes Hitchcock. Liz Smith in Cosmopolitan called it sheer perfection. Variety praised just about everyone involved. Polanski had triumphed. Star Mia Farrow was outstanding. Composer Christoph Comito's score was top-notch, and producer William Castle had crossed an artistic Rubicon. But all of this was short-lived. As many believe, the curse began. The first to meet their untimely demise was Komita. Now, details on his death are still scarce, but P- Polanski told it this way. In autumn of 1968, then 37-year-old Kumita was roughhousing at a party when he fell off a rocky escarpment and into a four-month coma. The very same affliction Levin's witches used to kill Rosemary's suspicious friend in the book. Kumita never regained consciousness and died in Poland the following year. In 1969, producer William Castle, sick with worry from the hate mail he received constantly, was suddenly stricken with severe kidney stones. While delirious in the hospital, he hallucinated scenes from the film, then was said to have yelled, Rosemary, for God's sake, drop the knife.
0: Jesus.
1: Castle recovered, but just barely. And never return to Hollywood or make a hit again. Though this individual was not directly connected to the film, the building was. The Dakota. The building that the movie was filmed at. Now, if the Dakota sounds familiar, it's the site that Mark David Chapman gunned down John Lennon. Oh, shit. Hitting him four times. Possibly another falling to the curse of the film. Then, of course, and this is only necessary, right? We speak of Polanski's fate, told and retold into legend, even by himself. Polanski had uh, relocated to California alongside his new girlfriend, actress Sharon Tate, who was fresh off her first movie role as a witch in the eye of the devil, just before before filming began. She had gunned hard for the lead role in Rosemary's Baby but Paramount casted Mia Farrow. Tate instead loitered around the set, appearing uncredited like a ghost in the background of Rosemary's Young People, only party scene, and, say some, becoming increasingly obsessed with the occult. Many years later, a friend quoted her in the print as having said, the devil is beautiful. Most people think he's ugly, but he's not. Polanski saw Tate, by then his wife and very pregnant, in july 69 noting in his autobiography a grotesque thought he had at the time you will never see her again he wrote tate obviously was br- brutally murdered on august 8th by the manson family as was their unborn son all oh, while Walt rosemary's baby still lingered in theaters unable to really comprehend the tragedy and taboo of the murders the public took to satan and curses of the as the culprit of these heinous acts. Others said Polanski himself offered Tate up as his blood sacrifice in exchange for his own success. Jesus. At the time, he was still relatively unknown and not well you know, known as a, as a director. Of all the people I just mentioned, you might have not noticed that Ira Levin was absent from the group, but very, very ironically, he wasn't immune to the effects of the curse. First, his marriage fell apart, sadly. Though, to the success of Rosemary's Baby, he really never rode that wave fully into the Hollywood elite. Along with forever being the usher of such a taboo subject, he will forever receive hate mail for it. Hmm. By the 90s, Levine had his opinions and was generally tired and exhausted from the entire ordeal. In my opinion, and even uh, he even penned a sequel, a weak sequel called Son of Rosemary, which was panned and quickly forgotten, even though it did become a bestseller. And that's the way his life remained till his death.
2: Think about it like it's like a double-edged sword. He writes this. There's a difference between uh, film and book success. Right, right. So book success, you can get a couple of uh, critiques from them.
1: Yeah, but once
2: it gets transferred into film, Film, yeah, (laughs) that's when they come out of the woodwork. Yeah, yeah. You become uh, once stuff is getting filmed, like if podcast, Uh we get a little bit of critique. But if it turns into YouTube, you know, the critiques (laughs) are completely different. Oh yeah, Uh, oh yeah. They're a lot more vocal. You know, and uh, you can get blamed for anything once, you know, it's an image based form. So yeah, you know, I'm yeah. pretty sure he was getting blamed for anything oh, yeah. from a, a, a kid misbehaving to, you know, anything. Yeah.
1: And, and that's the funny thing that you're the, the funny thing that you mentioned or the, the reason why you mentioned that is because uh, the Catholic Church actually condemned him and the film. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They put a big O.C. on him in that film. Right? Yeah. Oh excommunicado. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. So uh like I said, that's the way his life remained till his death in two thousand seven. Sad and wanting to be left alone, making jokes about himself, his career, and the monster he created. And that is the curse of Rosemary's baby. Wow yeah and there are other things that i can't really truly you know really lend complete credit to the the curse uh because like you had mentioned in your your portion uh mm-hmm. poops, uh directors were different at the time and there was even one portion like like uh in the exorcist it uh, uh the director i can't remember because they speculate the spielberg was actually the director of the oh, film really? yeah, yeah they oh, do wow. but because it was penned in his uh his contracts that he could not be directing two films at the same time oh, really? he goes directed the exorcist wow but that that's uh i digress that's, yeah right? that's either <laughs> here
2: but it is speculated that it, amongst other films too right was yeah oh, oh yeah, oh, yeah. Going,
1: you, you can't keep that genius down yeah. you know you can't keep it contained but uh trifling yeah yeah <laughs> uh just just like the director was known to keep the set of uh Exorcists at like freezing temperatures mm-hmm. to to make the the actors and actresses uncomfortable to get the best performance out of them polanski did the same and with uh, mia farrow there was one scene where he he they did not coordinate this with new york traffic but there's a scene in the movie where she kind of wanders aimlessly through rush hour traffic in New York and she was supposed to go out there and do this without any coordination to get the best reaction and of course she didn't want to do it but after like a lot of deliberation she finally agreed to it and of course and I'm not saying this like I'm not saying this in terms of like to Polanski's credit that's not what I mean but Polanski did have to actually man the handheld recorder to get the shot. But that's only because no one else wanted to fucking follow her out there into this fucking dangerous Uncoming traffic. traffic. Yeah. Yes. New York
2: traffic in the, what yeah. is it? What,
1: uh, when was the film?
2: The 1980s? Uh,
1: 69. 69. Yeah. Oof.
2: Yeah. Hey, I'm walking here was a was a, <laughs>
1: was a was a phrase coined and penned. Yeah. Yeah. The- and, and that's what I mean. Like he, he only did it because nobody else wanted to, because I'm dad. I'm well sure if, if he would if he was able to get somebody else to do it, he would he have. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, then, I, I mean, th- there's there's a couple of other smaller details that I left out because I didn't really feel like they were... Uh...
0: Yeah. Or, well, it's interesting that you bring up the temperature of the set because uh, there was one thing about The Exorcist that I didn't include because I didn't really feel it was like a cursed aspect of the set. Right, but right. Uh, one of the one of the times that they were, that they went on set to go begin filming, uh, the set actually had like, I guess like naturally made like a mist or something
1: Ooh. because of how
0: cold that they had it in there. Yeah. um, Or a mist or a snow, I can't remember. Well, no,
2: it's uh, You've worked in the warehouse where it's yeah. cold. So yeah. if you keep it cold, you won't see it. But as soon as you start opening the doors that oh, the hot yeah. air comes in, it mm. turns yeah. into that.
0: Yeah. And so basically, that that they had arrived on set one day to to find that that was that had happened. Yeah. So it it's not cursed, but it's kind of spooky. You
1: know. Oh yeah, it sets the ambiance. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um,
0: but yeah, that's really good. Um, if anybody uh, goes to
2: say if you farted on that set, people would
1: know. Oh, we would know.
0: don't be eating no bean and cheese tacos in the morning sir oh my
1: god <laughs> boy wait a minute is my sister fucking derailing us right now yeah it's that margarita
2: margarita it's, train
0: it's kicking in late for y'all so we're all good all right guys i think that we can wrap up this episode then i think that was a really good one besides mm-hmm. our five minutes of uh, miss hayek's appearance
2: oh and you bring up <laughs> bring her up so
0: anyways all right guys thank you again for uh yeah, tuning in let's just in. Con- let's just
2: yeah, contemplate or, or think about bit, this yeah. uh, here we go like Selena, dreaming
1: of you. Yeah, <laughs> oh I know. Jeez. I, I mean, would, really. Like, Let, let's let's do this experiment I later. Suck your toes. To that song. Yeah. yeah. Let's fill a bowl and let's see how long. Like, we'll stick our finger in there and see how long it takes to like prune up. Ew. And we'll go back and watch the movie and watch her toe come out pruned. We <laughs> don't even know the time it yes. takes. Anyways. But that's a good gauge. I don't
2: want to be too rough with her foot <laughs> if it ever happens. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna do that theory uh-huh, just to uh
0: huh uh huh. Anyways, to be the best at it. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again, guys, for listening in to us this week. For some reason, um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they come for the paranormal, but and they the, stay for the toes.
0: For the Salma Hayek toe references. Oh, oh
1: I also want to put out there that. Uh, juanito loquito part Two oh, it's coming i'm ready it for coming. it, it's <laughs> it is, I, I am working out the details i am oh man perfecting it i have a rough draft right now
0: all right juanito loquito and then he
1: breaks into selma hayek's house oh my God. <laughs>
0: anyways all right guys thank you again for listening in uh just a reminder you can send in your stories to be read on uh the podcast let's chat paranormal at gmail.com uh if you would prefer to like set up a phone call or something we're about about it, uh, just send us an email. Both of our uh, socials, Facebook and Instagram. Let's chat paranormal. Um, but all right, uh, in the following week, make sure you're drinking a lot of water and getting all eight hours of sleep, and just taking some minutes in the sunshine. You know, just. Just
2: Just loving take yourself, care of you. minutes, yes. seconds—you'll <laughs> burn out here in this Texas heat. Yeah, that's why I woman.
0: a couple of minutes. Put some
2: sunscreen on. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That's true. That's true. Don't go out there
2: and raw dog that sun because you're gonna get it.
0: <laughs> All right, guys, thank you again for tuning in, and we love you. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.